Hi, I'm Oakley Jennings Fast. And I'm Sarah Fuentes. Welcome to What the Hell Do I Do With This? This is the podcast about circular economy, the life cycle of stuff, and where you fit into it. Welcome, everybody, to this episode. We're ready. All right, Sarah. I want to tell you about a story, and I want to see if you have any stories about sunburns or sun exposure, because our episode this week is about solar panels. So, you know, I just figured that this would be an interesting segue. Close enough, right? You know, sun, solar, ah, give me a break here. So, <laughs> I would concur. <laughs> okay, so I went backpacking with two of my friends and it was gorgeous we were right by a lake and we were on these like granite rocks and I fell asleep in the sun and my friend before I fell asleep said do you want to put on some sunscreen and I said the magic words which were no oh my gosh (laughs) what was I thinking okay so I was laying basically down on this granite rock which was basically a mirror like a reflection I got toasted okay I was like cooked (laughs) and what's crazy is the sunburn got worse and worse over time so when I woke up at first it was just kind of pink and I was like haha sun like I got you and then over the next days I just turned into a lobster okay (laughs) and my roommate saw me she's like I have never seen anything like that. I didn't even know that was possible. I was like, uh, it is. <laughs> they were like swollen. It was bad. Oh my it was gosh. bad. And I did this to myself. Okay. My friend asked me if I wanted sunscreen. So let that be a lesson to me. Always wear sunscreen, especially when your friends ask you to. So I don't know if you have any sunburn stories, but I have pretty melanated skin. I actually turn like this maroon oh. brown. <laughs> But I do wear some sort of skin protectant when I'm out in the sun. I would say that the average person should get at least 15 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. And it is this balance of like getting enough sunshine, but not getting so much that you risk, you know, skin cancer or whatever. And it's going to be different for everybody. But okay, so this week's topic is about solar panels. And I don't know if you know this, Sarah, but you're the one who inspired me originally to look up solar panel recycling. Because when we first met, like all the, like, it actually wasn't that long ago. (laughs) And I was like, I'm thinking about starting my own company and I want it to be focused on circular economy. You said, you know, in all my years of doing waste and recycling management and ISO and all this, solar panel recycling has been one of the biggest challenges. Yeah, I remember that. you said that to me, I was like, oh, I'm going to get into this. I did a bunch of interviews. I don't know if you know that. No, I didn't know that. I interviewed a bunch of people and I like did all this research about solar panel recycling. So I'm really excited to do this show today. And I would love for you to tell that story of that issue with solar panels. So I was doing a uh, project out in Pensacola, Florida, And it was a 300 plus megawatt solar field. And um, I was one of the vendors on site to manage the waste stream there. And I got a phone call one day from one of the the supers on site. He was like, Sarah, we had a problem with offloading the modules. The modules come on a skid and then a really dense speed pack. Mm -hmm. Like the big cardboard thing. Correct. So the cardboard thing full of solar panels. Solar panels, solar, uh, solar modules, and whoever was placing them and however they were offloading them, they got damaged. 
And so it wasn't just one module. It was like 10 or 15 skids of modules that were damaged during the offloading process. Oh my God. I just imagine this guy like throwing these boxes out of the truck, like throwing these solar panels out of the truck and them just shattering everywhere. Well, he had to use a forklift to get it off the truck, right? Sure. <laughs> He's not so, just lifting these himself no, and under them, like no frisbees. Yeah, no, that was not happening. Okay, got it, got it. So then, you know, we did a little bit of research and I found out that in the state of Florida, they didn't have any regulations upon the recycling or the landfill of solar panels. So they basically told me I could throw it in a roll-up box and that they would throw it away. Oh my God, that's so painful. And I was like, heck no, is that happening? So I talked to the super and I told them that I would not be participate in throwing away in the landfill of this amount of solar panels because the chemical makeup of the panel and if we look at it depending on the type of panel whether it's silicon based and thin based and i'm sure you can kind of tell us more right yeah so when you toss a solar panel or i mean solar panels are made of a lot of toxic materials such as lead and cadmium whenever i see cadmium i always think of cardamom uh cardamom delicious cadmium toxic so you don't want lead or cadmium in the landfill which is what would be going into the landfill if you threw away a solar panel and it also has a bunch of other really valuable materials like silver and idmium and aluminum and also do these people know who they're talking to that they're just like we could just throw them in the landfill no 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 you're talking to sarah fuentes you do not suggest something like this to her <laughs> totally they realized at that moment <laughs> so what happened was is i asked them to call the manufacturer and in certain, some of these projects, the the contractor on site, all they're doing is building another person's portfolio. And so, you know, the manufacturer, the contractor wasn't the owner of the modules. It was the person's portfolio. So it became another barrier to get in contact with the manufacturer. The manufacturer did not have a program in place at that time. And so I informed them of what the cost would be to properly handle the material, which would be to take it to a facility that can handle universal waste, because I would say anywhere from 75 to maybe 85% of a solar panel is glass. That's exactly right. 75% is glass. This is something that is infinitely recyclable, but there's also plastics. That's on the solar panel, like you mentioned, aluminum, and then there's silicone in some some panels, depending on the type of module that you have. Right. Um, and then, as you mentioned, these lists of other metals that are also in the solar panel. So we ended up going back and forth, back and forth. And thank you very much to the garbage gods that the manufacturer opted in to receive them back. Uh. And they were able to get them taken back and they shipped them back. Uh, directly to the manufacturer wow. but that was because i was very adamant about it <laughs> wow that is the best case scenario let me tell you to the audience if you ever need somebody to advocate for you you want it to be sarah she can't oh my god like 
I would always want Sarah on my side. So this was not just an act of the gods. This was also your power, Sarah. So you tried to go the recycling route. Is that right? Did I hear it you It wasn't right? a very successful route because they didn't have the best processing in place. And this was years ago. So, you know, technology now has evolved. And I'm hoping that, you know, we can find some vendors here domestically and internationally that can come up with the process to help us recycle these materials. Let's talk a little bit about that. So I wrote an article for The Impact about solar panel recycling and the economics of it. And what's fascinating is that really the conclusion is in the U.S. right now, it's not that economical. But in the European Union and Japan, it is. And that comes down to two things. One, there's way more solar panels in the European Union and Japan. Okay. Yeah. And second... The U.S. actually has laws that make it more difficult for solar panel recycling to be attractive. So you know much more about these laws than I do. I'm just going to explain it a little bit, and then I want you to jump in, Zara. The federal law that dictates what happens to hazardous waste or universal waste is Resource Conservation and Recovery Act. And what's the nickname for that? RICRA, 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 Resource Conservation and Recovery Act. Okay, so this act has this test requirement, and that test is called the Toxicity Characteristic Leaching Procedure. Okay, that one's not that cool. But what this procedure entails is you test something, and if you can prove it won't leach or it won't leak, these hazardous materials that we were talking about earlier, lead and cadmium, if it won't leach those things, you can put it in the landfill, which means it's really cheap, right? So it doesn't make economic sense in the U.S. for solar panel recycling because it's really cheap to throw it away if it passes this test. So we need to, in the U.S., honestly, we need to classify this as universal or hazardous waste no matter what because that's really expensive to handle. Can you comment on that, Sarah, about the expense of that? I mean, universal waste is extremely expensive to handle because of the potential hazards. Let's just start there. And then in some cases, there's not a real way to process it. And so when I say process it, we mean either dilute it or in some cases repurpose it. So in some cases, some hazardous material or radi even radioactive material is stored. It's just stored. In a far distant place, hopefully nobody goes by. <laughs> like all those gifts ex-boyfriends have ever given me. I just put that in a box. <laughs> peace, peace. <laughs> peace. I'm going to store that with the hazardous waste. <laughs> <laughs> That's like funny. You know, California has made a decision about this because, you know, the EPA can set standards for us here in the United States, and then each state could choose to have more stricter standards or different standards. It's up to that state to how they want to regulate it. And so the state of California has actually made universal waste or solar panels and designate them in that category of universal waste. So what does that do? Well, it does a, a couple things. First and foremost, it requires whoever is throwing them away to be responsible with the material and how it's processed. Got it. So California is already like, you got to do this. You yes. have to classify it as universal waste. Very much so. This California rule took effect January 1st, 2021. 
in regards to these modules, what we're finding is, is that we want to be able to reduce or recover materials from the landfill. Well, if we know that 87 or 75% of a solar panel is glass, why would we say, go ahead and throw it in the landfill if we know that we can recycle that particular module or panel? And, and, and it has lots of other valuable materials in it. So Correct. it makes total sense. Yeah, if 75% is glass, then let's recycle it. Let's talk about some other options other than recycling, because there are other options for solar panels. Okay, Yes. let me tell you something interesting that I found out about the main defects in solar panels. Okay, so it's 60% of defects are actually cracked back sheets. So the back sheet of the solar panel is that polymer plasticky thing that supports the rest of the panel. So the back sheets get cracked, which is ridiculous. It's like this plastic thing that's supposed to protect the rest of the solar panel. And so if we can repair those, cool. Like let's keep those solar panels working. The other problem is, is that solar panel efficiency decreases. So its ability to convert solar light or photons into electricity decreases over time. That doesn't mean that the panel is dead. It just means that maybe for its original purpose, it doesn't produce enough electricity anymore. So what does that mean? That means that after 20 or 30 years, when it's decreased efficiency, we could just use it for another purpose. We can take that industrial solar panel and put it on a microgrid or put it in residential or throw it on top of an RV, <laughs> you know, like we could repurpose it in some way. I definitely think that the idea around repurposing material is a really good idea. And especially for stuff that still has a lifespan in it. And one of the things that I think that us as sustainability champions, we like to think creatively. And so, you know, we want to know some creative solutions in ways that people can reuse solar panels. So people that are sustainability champions can implement this in a commercial setting or in a residential setting. And even working with other countries, and let's just say we were to get hundreds of thousands of old solar panels all at the same time, because if we think back, things went in in like flows, right? Like the wave, yeah. right? So it went in waves. And so same thing is that they're going to become less efficient in waves. And what's going to happen in these waves? What's the plan for this? And so this is something that allows us to think creatively, and so let's throw it out there for people. <laughs> totally. I mean, why can't there be a secondhand solar panel market? You know, like that's got to be a thing or maybe it's already a thing. If listeners know about this, like let us know about it on our Facebook page. Okay, what else? So when we talk about reduce, reuse, recycle, here's another option, repair. So <laughs> we were talking about the back sheets. You can repair the back sheets. You can replace certain parts of the solar panel that's becoming less efficient. So then that prolongs lifespan of that solar panel. You can resell it in a secondhand market. And then finally, we can recycle it. Yes. So there are so many options. Let's just talk for a moment about the irony of if we end up throwing solar panels in the landfill. Like, have we really learned? Have we really created a sustainable future if we just throw them in the landfill? Uh, I would have to say that would be a hard no. <laughs> I think the thought of having a solar panel in the landfill is quite sad for a couple of reasons, because, you know, we want to electrify America and we want to be able to get power from the sun. 
I feel in some form it is disrespect of resources, especially if, you know, I understand in the European market that there is ways to process solar panels, just because as you mentioned in the earlier podcast, that there are substantially more. And so, you know, part of those processes we could potentially adopt here like we always say in the waste and recycling industry, volume is the name of the game. You know, we need more of it to make it a valuable commodity. And we know that we can reuse silicone. We can reuse plastics. We can reuse metal. We can uh, reuse glass. We know that we can do these things. Now it's a matter of, of putting together a disassembly process or a shredding process because this is what the industry does. They either disassemble it or they shred it. This is one of the ways that any material is getting recycled or processed. It's either going to get physically disassembled by a person or a machine or a bot. I'm I'm loving this visual in my head. Like it's really cool. It's <laughs> Yeah, and then or it's going to get shredded like you imagine yeah. like all of us have had right. shredders, paper shredders. It could get shredded. And that's how aluminum and... and paper is recycled, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. I agree. And oh, man, you made me think of something. We have this advantage as the US Okay, being a little behind Europe in terms of solar energy, right? Very. We can take advantage of what they've learned. We can take advantage That's of right. the technologies that already exist right. and just adopt them. Ha ha. <laughs> you know, why why not learn from that? Okay, so I think to kind of summarize or wrap up this episode, solar panels have many many options in terms of prolonging their life. That looks like repair and reuse. So when it decreases in efficiency, using it in a different way. And then finally, with recycling, we really got to up our game with calling this hazardous waste or universal waste. And if it's 75% glass, we got to take advantage of this recycling opportunity. So let's start with developing our technologies now in the U.S., you know, so that by the time we really need these technologies to be in use, we have them. I just have to say in closing that any new innovation that we want to implement in our infrastructure, we also want to think about the end of life as we are creating it and as we are deploying it, because it may not pose us a problem upon, a, you know, initiation. And, and oftentimes there is a lot of pickups and barriers that we have to overcome with implementing a new type of technology in a municipal or large setting in communities, but also deploying or having to have 78 million tons of solar panels potentially in by 2050 is a problem. And that is a big, big part of the human, I would say, generation of electronic material or electronic waste. Oh, you make such a good point. I feel like at the end of every episode, Sarah, you just hit it out of the park and you're like, here's the big picture. <laughs> um, it's such a good point that we need to think about end of life more often. We need to think of end of life at beginning of life of products. Correct. Correct. You know, it sounds morbid and no, then we want to, we, we don't want to stifle, <laughs> we don't want to stifle innovation in any capacity. Okay. We want to encourage innovation. Sustainability is about being creative and about uh, having a creative mind and as well about innovation and all the influences that people can bring to the table. So 
Let's just make a call to action for people to help us think about some of these solutions and not just for solar panels, but any new innovation that we're thinking that's going to help save the planet. Is it everlasting? Because the only thing that I know that's potentially everlasting is maybe water. And even then, maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) I don't know. Water is a scary thing to think about. It's already being like traded and all this. But anyway, no, but it's so true. Everything you said is amazing. And you know what we should do? We should have a campaign on our Facebook page about, you know, what's your best idea about the future of sustainability and circular economy. So check that out on our Facebook page. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening in this episode. We look forward to connecting with you on our socials. Bye, Sarah. Thanks for joining us today. Have any questions or comments for us? Have a question about what the hell to do with something? Join our community in our Facebook group, What the Hell Do I Do With This? Community. If you're a business that wants to save money and reduce trash, Smart Waste USA connects businesses and citizens to smarter waste solutions. Go to smartwasteusa.com. We'd like to thank our editor, Magden Geip, and Danny Finkelstein and Harley Stewart at Fight Night Records for our intro music. See you next time.